And so I just kept thinking to myself, okay, how can I make this work? Payments, you know, or whatever the case may be. And then just something intuitively was just kind of like, but your ancestors did it at home by themselves without anybody present. So if they could do it, then you can do it too. Modern free birth is a little bit, you know, it is a little bit different. I mean, some of it is women truly just choosing to give birth entirely alone. It was your first baby. You didn't have the ability to say to yourself, I've done this once before and I know it went well. Like You had to be able to say to yourself, what if I'm that woman who needs intervention? I'm sure that thought went through your mind. So what was plan B? I'm Cynthia Overgaard, owner of Hypnobirthing of Connecticut, childbirth advocate, and postpartum support specialist. And I'm Trisha Ludwig, certified nurse midwife and international board-certified lactation consultant. And this is the Down to Birth Podcast. Childbirth is something we're made to do, but how do we have our safest and most satisfying experience in today's medical culture? Let's dispel the myths and get down to birth. I'm Nicolette Jones, and I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm a mama to a beautiful daughter of two years old, and I'm just here to tell my, like, first-time free birthing at home water birth story that was virtually (laughs) pain-free, which was amazing as a first-time mom, um, especially a mom of of color, you know, here in the South, so. That's great, Nicolette. So how did you come to the decision to free birth? When was the first time you had that idea? And was it because you were driven away from birthing somewhere else? Or was it because you actually longed to give birth on your own? And I assume with your partner as well? At the time, he was my partner. And yes, he was present during the the time of the birth. I I don't know what I would have done. Um, But one of the biggest decisions for me wanting to give birth at home was kind of like twofold. Um, One, I'm a woman of color. And the fact that we're about 340% more likely to die from childbirth was like very, very staggering and and eye-opening for me. Um, And then I was actually giving birth and pregnant during the pandemic. So I definitely did not want to be inside of a hospital um, and run the risk of one possibly dying from giving birth to my daughter, but also having her taken away from me because of all the COVID protocols and everything. So I wanted to make sure that I did everything that I could to be at home with my daughter, to have an uninterrupted, unmedicated, just my birth, (laughs) birthing in my power as much as possible and have my daughter with me the entire time. Um, So that was the major, major driving force is really wanting to be at home, protect myself, protect my daughter. Um, And then I just really wanted to I don't know. I I feel like birth is really sacred and birth is very transformative and empowering for women as long as we're the ones in charge of that birth. And I just heard so many horror stories of being in the hospital and being taken advantage of during those vulnerable moments when all you want to do is make sure that your baby and yourself are okay. (laughs) Um, So come and do things that you might not have uh, wanted to actually do or they might not have even been necessary. So how did you you come to the decision to actually give birth on your own? Because it's one thing to want to avoid the hospital, like totally makes sense. It's another thing to choose to give birth totally unattended. Um, Was was a midwife assisted birth a consideration or what was it that really led you to do the, the free birth? 
Yeah. So when I first found out I was pregnant, I was all like uber excited. Like, yeah, I'm gonna have the midwife at home and everything. And so I went through the process of trying to find a midwife that would do a home birth. And I found one that I really resonated with, that I was really, I connected with, you know, I felt like, yeah, I could have you in this, this sacred space. But interestingly, my insurance did not cover it. And at the time, I believe she was charging about 5300 or so for her services. And outside of insurance, I knew that I wouldn't be able to afford that. And so I just kept thinking to myself, okay, how can I make this work? Payments, you know, or whatever the case may be. And then just something intuitively was just kind of like, but your ancestors did it at home by themselves without anybody present. You know, they had elders with them, maybe other women that that birth and stuff like that. So if they could do it, then you can do it too. You know, like you just really need to strengthen your intuition and listen to your body, you know, and just really educate yourself on what's going to happen. Right. Because I think a lot of the times we don't know what our body is doing or how our body is doing it. And so I did all the things, you know, and luckily for me, I was already a certified doula. So I already had some experience with birth as well. And so that coupled along with the the financial aspect of it. You know, and then just my intuition was just like, no, you can you can do this. <laughs> you know, I know I couldn't do it completely by myself. So I had my mom there as well as my daughter's father was there. So I wasn't like alone in the tub. <laughs> you know, I had my elder, my mom with me. <laughs> had you ever attended a free birth before? No, no. Because it's not very common, at least in, in my area, like even in having a midwife and doing birthing center births is not very common. Your instinct was already very good to want to be especially careful during COVID because we saw such dangerous protocols being implemented. And we now have the data to show maternal mortality, which is already higher in our country than any other Western and many African and Eastern nations as well. But um, maternal mortality was, was 40% higher during COVID. And for women of color, it's already many fold higher. I mean, it's just, so it's, it was good. It it was a good instinct, but what, how did you come to the, like, I guess my first question is it was your first baby. You didn't have the ability to say to yourself, I've done this once before and I know it went well. Like you had to be able to say to yourself, what if I'm that woman who needs intervention? I'm sure that thought went through your mind, especially because you initially were hoping to have a midwife. Mm -hmm. Um, so what was plan B? What was going to be your plan to recognize if something did require medical intervention? What were you going to do about it? And how were you going to recognize it? Yeah. So again, I, I educated myself a lot on the common, I guess the common like interventions and things that are necessary. So like hemorrhaging, um, tearing, you know, um, and things of that nature. So I had, I'm, I'm not an herbalist. <laughs> You know, I'm kind of like as an as needed herbalist, you know, and so I had a a home homeopathic kit on deck for me, you know, if I needed some sort of help, if I had some sort of cervical lip, I had arnica oil on deck to be able to rub on there if I needed to move that in place. Um, I was already already knowledgeable about the different positions I could get in if maybe if my daughter for some reason decided not to be you know, not to be head down, you know, to be able to spin her like with spinning babies. 
Um, and then I, again, I just had a lot of herbal things on deck for me to be able to take if I needed to. And then um, there was a hospital that was 15 minutes nearby. So if I needed to leave, you know, I did have the hospital um, very close by if I needed to. Did you have any particular fears about free birth or was there one thing about birth that you kind of felt most like unsure about, or did you just really feel like, I know this is going to be okay. I will prepare myself for X, Y, and Z, but I totally trust this process. Hey there, all you amazing, strong, and beautiful women, especially you new moms and moms-to-be. I'm Taylor, co-founder and CEO of Vitality. And I'm Taylor's sister, Chloe, co-founder and chief design officer. We started Vitality to encourage and empower everyone to live a vibrant life. We're all about supporting women, especially on the journey to motherhood. When I was pregnant, I really struggled to find comfy leggings that I could wear all day, every day. So we set out to make the best maternity pants out there. We took those pain points and designed pieces that were supportive and comfortable, including details like a high-rise fit, underbelly seam, raw-cut hems, and to top it off, we have an embedded silicone panel that acts like a built-in suspension system for your low back, which is the first of its kind. So we designed this line in our Marshmallow Soft Cloud 2 fabric in not only a maternity pant, but a volley and biker short as well. Let me tell you, all of these pieces are a game changer. Just go to shopvitality.com. And cherry on top, you guys can use code down to birth at checkout to get 10% off your order. 10% off athleisure designed for pregnancy during pregnancy. Down to birth is sponsored by Postpartum Soothe. Recovering from a vaginal birth takes many women by surprise. Everyday activities like sitting, walking, and going to the bathroom can be uncomfortable. And Postpartum Soothe is just the remedy to support your healing and relieve discomfort. Postpartum Soothe is a 100% organic herbal blend that's applied to maternity pads in the days immediately following your birth, giving you all the benefits of a sitz bath 24-7. That's because herbs like comfrey leaf, uva ursi, and witch hazel are known for their antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. Postpartum Soothe can be prepared anytime during the third trimester, and it makes a beautiful baby gift. It's a must for any woman seeking a faster, easier recovery from a vaginal birth. Visit postpartumsoothe.com. That's postpartumsoothe, S-O-O-T-H-E dot com, and use promo code down to birth. Did you know that 97% of women take a prenatal vitamin, yet 95% of us are still deficient in key nutrients for pregnancy and postpartum? After a long time searching for the optimal prenatal nutrition product, we bring you Needed a radically better prenatal vitamin. Needed's nutritional products offer nutrients that your body can utilize with doses at optimal versus bare minimum levels and are available in capsules and an easy-to-take vanilla powder, perfect for those moms with pill fatigue or nausea. Needed is a woman-founded company offering a superior nutritional product lineup backed by research, data, and insights from nearly 4,000 women's health experts. Needed offers premium supplements for every stage from egg quality support for women trying to conceive to lactation support for breastfeeding. And you know, Cynthia and I, we love their botanical sleep and relaxation support packets before bedtime. So if you are looking for a radically different prenatal, head on over to thisisneeded.com and enter down to birth for 20% off your first order. 
No, actually, I didn't have any fear, any reservations, none whatsoever. And I, I really thought throughout my entire pregnancy and birth that everything was going to be okay. Like there was no fear. There was no worry. There were no concerns for me in reference to carrying my child or, or birthing my child. So did you have any prenatal care? Yeah. So I did. There was a group of, of midwives um, that operated outside of a, or inside of a hospital that were within my network. And so I contacted Vital Records, you know, just to make sure that home birth and everything was okay in the state of Texas. Um, and the only thing that they required was that, you know, I had to show proof of pregnancy through prenatal visits. And so that was the only reason why I truly went. You mean to get a birth certificate? Yeah. So, okay. So tell us about your free birth then. Let's, <laughs> let's hear how did it go? Okay. So I was 40 weeks and three days and um, it was the most amazing experience of my life. Like, I know a lot of women are like, I don't know if I ever want to be pregnant or give birth again. And I'm like, sign me up. Like how many more times can I do the, the entire shebang? It was the best day of my life. I feel like I was on an oxytocin high the entire day. Like I didn't even realize I was in my birthing time until my water broke at 1030 that night. That's how smooth it was. You know, like I woke up that day, me and him, her and um, me and her father. And um, we ran errands. We were listening to music, telling jokes, sharing stories. We were just laughing and smiling the entire day. I ate really good food. I was having Braxton, I thought were Braxton Hicks contractions the entire day. But apparently I was in early labor, <laughs> you know, and getting ready to switch over into active labor around, I think, about 6 p.m., but for the most part, all day, I was just breezing through my contractions. I was riding them. They didn't they didn't make me crouch over. They didn't make me have to stop for a second. I was just like, oh, that's a little tightness, you know, and we just kept on moving, you know. <laughs> um, I remember that night we went and tried a new vegan place and <laughs> tried the food and it was horrible. It made me throw up because it was so nasty. <laughs> so you went out to dinner in the middle of labor? Um, apparently I was, and I was like, oh, this is so nasty. Ugh. You know, we kept dancing. I ate something else instead. Um, we cleaned up, you know, we were still listening and just vibing out all day, went upstairs into our bedroom. I can't remember what we were laughing about, but I had to let out like the biggest laugh of my life. And I felt like this pop right in my, my belly button. And I was like, that's interesting. I haven't felt that. And then the next thing I know, it was like this huge gush of water that came out into the bed, you know, and I'm just sitting here like laughing. I'm like, I think my water broke. I, I think my water just broke. And he just like jumped up, ran out the room, <laughs> immediately went downstairs to start inflating the tub, you know, and filling it up because um, we had already kind of did like a practice run. I called myself doulaing training him and my mom to be my doulas, but they didn't follow the curriculum, but he followed that part. <laughs> you know, so he was able to run downstairs and inflate the tub and fill it up because he knew how long it was going to be. And I just hopped off the bed, like in, in astonishment, like I was in wow, you know, in shock, like, oh my gosh, this is happening. I had my birthing ball right next to the bed. So I'm just hopping on my birthing ball and like rubbing my baby, my belly and like, oh my gosh, we're doing this. Mommy's not ready. We're doing this. If you're ready, then mommy's going to get ready. You know, like, okay, we're having a baby, just hopping up and down. And then finally I got off and I'm just like pacing through because I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm having, we're having a baby tonight. Like I was just excited. 
like completely excited. We're having a baby tonight, you know? And then finally, um, I made my way downstairs, decided to call my mom, you know, or whatever, but she wasn't answering. So I had him continually calling her because I knew she wanted to be there. And I I knew I I wanted her there, but I was like, I guess if she's not going to be here, then she's not meant to be here, you know, type of thing. The lights and everything were dim. Um, And I was still dancing, like anniversary, if you know, Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, But it's one of my favorite like 90s R&B songs. And we were just on the ball dancing and grooving to that. Um, And then finally, something was in me. I feel like I kind of like blacked out for a second or not blacked out, but like zoned out, like went somewhere else completely. You know, like my body was there, but mentally and like spiritually, I wasn't there. And I think when I finally came back, you know, to this realm, hold on, baby. When I came back to this realm, it was like, okay, I'm ready to get in the tub. And then the next thing I knew, I felt like at this point, the contraction started getting really intense for me. And I was like, hold up. I don't, my labor just started. I don't know if I can go another 12 hours if they're going to be like this. I think that was the first time fear came into my mind, (laughs) you know, and and I, my mom had said, you're, you're, you're here. Remember you're here, you know, and something clicked in my head. Oh, a lot of us say that we can't do this. We're not sure we're going to be able to do this right at the end. Right. right? That's right. It's a, it's like a known phenomenon that women have feelings of wanting to escape, to like run out of their bodies, to say, I'm not doing this (laughs) to change their whole birth plan and say, get me the drugs. And you have to prepare women by saying, when you have those thoughts, they feel very real. I experienced it myself in both births. You can have real thoughts where you have conviction. And i that's a key word here. You can have conviction. There is no way I can do this or I can do yeah. any more of this. And that conviction is false. Yeah. And it's a phenomenon that many women experience yeah. that just like, there's no way I'm not doing this. I can't do this. And somehow it's like riding a wave. Somehow we end up on the other side of that thought and we've just done it, but that's, it's important to know, like your mother stopped you and said, wait a minute, this is, this is a marker. You might be right there at the end now. And you didn't know because no one was there giving you vaginal exams. That's usually, that's usually the moment when the midwives look at each other and go, you know, go get the birth kit. (laughs) It's time. time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, I said that she reminded me and it was like, I had this renewed amount of strength and confidence in my ability. And it was like, I remember just holding her hand because she came over and she grabbed my hand when she said it. And I remember the position I was in. My my left leg was uh, bent down, knee to the ground in the tub. And my right um, my right leg was bent, you know, um, and up against the wall of the tub. And I was leaning over she's holding my hand and I'm like, okay. I took a really, really big deep breath and I waited for the next uh, contraction, the next birthing wave. And with that one, it was like, okay, I felt her head at that point because at, at the same time, I forgot to say, at the same time, I was like, I can't do this. I was like, get me out of this tub. I need to poop. I have the biggest poop in my life. I need to go poop, you know, or whatever. And so it's like, when she reminded me, it was like, okay, I'm about to transition. It's almost time for me to push that's her head. You know, I don't need to poop. That's her head. And so I took a deep breath. I I could feel my confidence and power rising. And with the next contraction, I pushed and I think I let out the biggest mama roar ever in life. And her head was out and her father was in the tub with me. 
So he was there behind me catching. And he said, oh my gosh, her head is out, her head is, her eyes are open. So he's like, you need to push, you need to push, you need to push, it's time, she's here, she's here. And I said, please just hold on, I need to wait for the next contraction, please just wait. You know, because I knew that I didn't want to push against the contraction because that leads to the tearing. And so um, I waited, took another deep breath, no roar this time, and her whole body just came, you know, out. And he called her, I leaned back, he gave her to me. You know, and I, I think I tried to pull her like all the way up to my shoulder, um, but my umbilical cord was way too short. It was long enough for her to be right here on my chest, you know, and enough for her to be able to, you know, find my breast and start to nurse and latch and stuff like that. So it was it was beautiful. Like I said, my water broke at 1030. All of those things happened by 227 a.m. She was here and in my arms. Yeah, that's a fast birth. That's a fast first birth. Right? I was just like, oh my God, I can, if it's going to go like this, I can do this every single time. So, and how about, how about your placenta? What happened there? Yeah, it came out like, no, no problem. I don't know how long after, but I know it wasn't long after and I didn't have to take anything. I didn't have to do any type of like stimulation or um, abdominal like massages or anything. It was just kind of like, I got out of the tub. I had the stainless steel pan on top of a check spaz on the floor and I literally just kind of like rolled over into like a mama goddess squat on top of the stainless steel pan with my daughter in my arms and I just laid there I didn't have to push it just kind of like it just whoosh nice. right out into the pan what was your favorite part oh uh, my pregnancy or my birth <laughs> no of your birth what was your favorite part of your birth I think my my favorite part was, well, I don't know, there's two. If I have to label it down to just one, I think it would be when my mom came over and grabbed my hand and reminded me of where I was in my power. That was something I think about and empowers me even to this day when I feel like I can't do it. I feel like I'm failing as a mom or something like that. Like that moment helps to just re-energize me and tell me like, yes, you can. You've done one of the seemingly, you know, like hardest things in the world. Like you can do this. You said two parts. What was your other favorite part? When, when my water broke. And that's just like that pure excitement of knowing that I was getting ready to birth her, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> that entire time, just like dancing and just pure joy. Like I really feel like I had oxytocin flowing. You're like, a, it's funny, you didn't take hypnobirthing or anything. I, I know you didn't mention that, but you were kind of a poster child for exactly what hypnobirthing is all about because the first lesson in hypnobirthing of many is is language. You, If if we could pull out all the nouns and adjectives you used, it was like you said so many positive words like laughing, joyful, trust, excited, even the part where your mother obviously means the world to you. And even the moment where you didn't know if she would make it, yeah. you said, well, I just trusted this is how it's meant to be. So many women instead would get panicky or they would feel like they can't continue on. But to constantly have that feeling of trust, I just want women to know that this is one of those things that we do influence in our births. Mm -hmm. There is so much in our control and we think most of it is out our control, out of our control, but the way we think and the way we have beliefs and the language we use does impact the physiology of our birth. And it's something that I'm going to continue to do <laughs> if I'm ever blessed to, you know, again, but I, I made sure to 
especially during my pregnancy, to only surround myself with positivity. Um, but I also set aside a time to just like pray and meditate and just tell my own story to myself and constantly visualize my birth, right? And visualize like and research what would I need to do to make sure that vision came true. You, I did a lot of prep and protection. Women don't realize this, but they are always visualizing their birth when they're pregnant. So because they're not usually aware that they're visualizing their birth all the time, they're often visualizing the birth they don't want and the things that they fear. So to purposefully visualize the birth that you do want and to only surround yourself with positive, supportive messages and people does have, well, that's certainly the, the belief in hypnobirthing. It does have that impact. It's true for anything in life. I mean, it's stuff even Tony Robbins teaches, like visualize the outcome that you want. And you intentionally did that every day. So it's nice to see that, you know, it's nice to see that that did work out so well for you. Yeah. Do you think free birth is for very few people or do you think it's from, for everyone? <laughs> I, it's hard to imagine that, but like, what, what do you, what do you really think about free birth? Or who, for who do you think it's for? Who is the right candidate for free birth? I think everyone is capable of free birthing their baby. I think everyone is capable of that. I think you need a lot of preparation I think you need a lot of education and information, but um, I think the most important thing is that you need the right mindset around your ability to be able to do it. You know, if you're someone who doesn't believe that you can, if you have, I hate to say this, but if you have like low self-esteem, you know, if you seek external validation for everything that you do. It's gonna, I think it's going to be really hard to free birth because you're always going to be looking for someone else to take charge and make the decisions for you. And I think in order to free birth, you really have to believe and know that your body was created to do exactly this and really believe it without any shadow of a doubt um, to be able to do that, you know, and then just educate yourself. Because I think a lot of the times the fear surrounding birth, pregnancy and motherhood comes from just not knowing what's happening. You know, so if you're able to sit there and know that, hey, I have these three walls of muscles called my uterus, you know, that are actual muscles that are going to be expanding and contracting to push my baby down, then it's easier for you to tell yourself, oh, each contraction is bringing me closer to my baby because you're able to actually visualize and know and see and feel the contraction pushing your baby down. You know, if you're able to know, um, the actual holistic stages of birth, along with the, what I call Western medicine stages of birth, like WAPIO. I don't know if y'all heard of her. And one of those stages is equivalent to the transition stage, right? And that's when the, a lot of the women will say, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. But because I was familiar with the holistic stages of birth and knowing that, okay, when I say I can't do this, I'm right there, that helps right? That you know, whereas if you're in a hospital setting, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't know that your body can do this and you don't know those holistic stages, then you're really going to believe that I can't do this. You know, you're really going to believe that you need the drugs and you need to be transferred to a hospital. It, it sounds like what you're saying is it's not for everyone. It's really, I mean, you, you want to, you believe theoretically it is because, you know, we've been doing this since the beginning of time. But it does sound like you're saying that you're aware that you did certain things and you're aware of your own character traits yeah. that made free birth work well for you. In addition to the luck 
that you also received of having a baby that was well-positioned and yeah. a healthy pregnancy. I mean, all of these components you're recognizing led to your free birth. I just want to mention um, that we did an episode with Hermine Hayes Klein. I believe it came out last August, 2022, where she was talking about this trend in free birthing where women are giving birth at home unassisted um, coming from just as you said, well, we can't pay out of pocket for this midwife that you were hoping to hire. It's coming from the lack of support for women who want to have a home birth and they, they, there's, there isn't a good plan B to get them to a hospital. So they're like the heck with all of you, I'm just going to do a free birth. And she was saying it would be so nice if all of these approaches were actually supported by the medical system, because that is plan B for all of us. We do need that backup. Um, you know, so it's just, it free birth is interesting because there's that component of let's just trust our bodies and know that our ancestors did this, but it's also like, or am I doing this because I'm really lacking the support everywhere else? Yeah. And I could see that. I could see that for a lot of women. I hate yeah. saying that it's not for everybody, but. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not that you're saying, it seems like what you're saying is it takes a high degree of responsibility and not only do we need to educate ourselves, but really deeply trusting in the process, it seems like you're saying that's what contributed to your own good outcome. Again, in addition to luck, it's well, just Trisha and I, not really, we've never had a really a position on free birth, but we have recognized that yeah. women are often driven to it because of the lack of support. In other and places. I don't, I don't think that free birth is really what historically women have done. Women have historically birthed their babies on their own, surrounded by a team of people who have experience in birth. Like some women birthed their babies alone because they had no choice. They didn't have a village or they didn't have people who could be around, but birth has always been attended and supported by someone knowledgeable in birth, whether that's a mother, a sister, an aunt, a cousin, or whatever, elder, or a midwife, an elder, it, which is actually what you did having having your mother there. But modern free birth is a little bit, you know, it is a little bit different. I mean, some of it is women truly just choosing to give birth entirely alone. Um, So maybe, you know, maybe that's in part why that's different. That isn't necessarily for everyone. But yes, is every woman's body capable of birthing without an OB or a midwife? Totally. Yeah. We're supposed to just be there as the observer anyway. It's not, right. how it's, it's not how it's put. It's not how it's done today, but really that's what it's meant to be. So in that sense, free birth is for everyone. In the other sense that, you know, you do it alone in a room with nobody there to look for something that's not for everyone. Right. No, nor do we necessarily think that's the right way right. to go about it. But sometimes it's the only option for somebody. Yeah, because nothing is without risk. So it is right. a matter of backup plans. You know, it's not a matter of crossing our fingers and praying. It's like, well, what are the, what is plan B? Yeah. <laughs> we all need to know what that is. Oh, I would just also like to add, like from a medical perspective, right? Just purely taking that into account. I think it, if you're a first time mom and high risk, then, you know, free birth might not be the best option as well. Right. Right. Yeah, because there are very safe ways to manage mm-hmm. high risks in the hospital, mm-hmm. whether it's preeclampsia or hypertension. The The biggest issue we're facing today is the use of unnecessary medical intervention. It isn't 
The problem isn't the use of medical intervention. It's the use of unnecessary medical intervention. Right. It's an important distinction. And the difficulty choosing who is actually high risk and who is not. You said said in this conversation that, you know, if your baby was breached, you were still going this route. Whereas most people would say, well, breach would put you into the high risk category. So free birth is not a good option. So it's, it's what, what makes a woman high risk that line, that line moves depending on who you're talking to. Right. There's so many variables and nuances when it comes to, you know, navigating pregnancy and birth for each individual woman, you know? So what do you say? I mean, do you have, what's your key message? Is it to, do you have a key message um, for all women? Do you have a key message for young first time moms? Do you have a key message for women of color? I mean, where, where do you really feel like you want to take a megaphone and make an announcement to women? And what is it you really want to say? My, my spirit to say, you can do this <laughs> was the first thing that came to mind. Um, I, but I think my key message would be, regardless if you're a first-time mama or mama of color, any kind, you know, any mama at all, period, is that you are more powerful and capable than you can ever imagine. And as long as you trust in your body and you trust in your intuition and your emotions, the very things that they tell us to dismiss, your pregnancy, your birth will be exactly what you need it to be. It'll be one of the most empowering experiences of your life that you can carry with you in your moments of doubt and your moments of uncertainty to carry you through. You just have to trust. Thanks for joining us at the Down to Birth Show. You can reach us at Down to Birth Show on Instagram or email us at contact at downtobirthshow.com. All of Cynthia's classes and Trisha's breastfeeding services are held live, online, serving women and couples everywhere. Please remember this information is made available to you for educational and informational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. For our full disclaimer, visit downtobirthshow.com slash disclaimer. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, hear everyone and listen to yourself. How did you come into the world? What was your mother's experience birthing you? Did she have to overcome what she experienced in order to be there for you? Or was this right in line with what she experienced birth to be in her own life? No, this is completely contradictory. She had me at a hospital. Um, She did have me naturally, though. Um, So she didn't have any medicine or anything like that. She didn't have to have, um, and then she did have a vaginal birth. So she had a a a natural unmedicated vaginal birth, but it was in the hospital. Well, that wasn't completely contradictory. No, you're right. I'm being- She experienced her own body. Yeah. Right? She experienced her own body birthing her baby, just not with the total freedom that you had, maybe with a little less laughter than you had. (laughs) A few more people.